Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Moles Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law. Um, and we are here to talk about game week 33 of the Premier League season, but an awful lot has happened since we were last year. We've always known a week is a long time in football, but what a week it has been in football. I mean, the whole footballing world imploded a little bit with the European Super League, the remarkable rise and fall of that so-called Super League in the space of about 48 hours. In the midst of that, old Jose Mourinho was sacked, Sheffield United got relegated, um, so it's just been an incredible week. Um, plenty to talk about this. There are some consistent times still in these in all this tumult. Um, Matt still hasn't had a haircut. And we start with Arsenal versus Everton, which is the 200th top flight meeting. A lovely bit of consistency, finally, uh, within all this chaos we've had in football. Um, Arsenal, one of those teams, obviously, in the Super League, one of the six Premier League teams to have agreed to the breakaway, despite being ninth in the table, having never won the Champions League, of course. Um, they actually sit behind Everton. A victory for them uh, in tonight's game, Friday night's game, would see them leapfrog Everton in the table. Um, Everton, meanwhile, could go three points behind fourth place. Chelsea with a victory. Uh, both drew last time out. How do you see this one going, Matt? A bit, really big one, isn't it? This one. It's a game that obviously is, it's thrown up some good games down the years, isn't it? Arsenal, Everton. It's usually some dramas, usually. Um, there's a lot riding on the game, isn't there? You say it's not like it's a you know, Everton win that they're right in that top four race. Even if Arsenal win, not in the top four race, but Arsenal will still want to finish top seven. Um, they very much can do that and they'll just be keen to get back to playing football, won't they, properly, both these sides. As you say, it's been such a mad week. But yeah, really, really big game, really interesting one. I think the main thing to talk about for this one was the team news for both sides. I think Obviously, Arsenal have been, been decimated, haven't they? Lacazette's out. Obviously, Aubameyang's not quite ready mm. after being hospitalised. Tierney, Louise, they're both still out. You know, Martinelli might play through the middle. And you're looking at that Arsenal side, and while it's got a lot of talent, it, it's not massive amounts of goals. But Everton, on the other hand, got a lot of big players back. You know, there was still quite a few players out. But Ancelotti saying that, you know, only Decore and, and, and Jean-Philippe Gabamin, they're the only two injuries at the moment. Calvert-Lewin's back, you know, Mina's back, players like that. So it should be a really strong Everton side. And I just fancy Everton here. You, I, I immediately went to a draw. I was thinking, you know, it's got a draw written all over it, to be honest. But, but Arsenal's injuries, their form recently, I know they've, they've had some good results. But, but last time out against Fulham, they were really, really poor. Very fortunate to get a point. You know, saying that Everton's form's not, not been good either. That They've really missed a chance to push up to the top four. I think it's, was it five, um, six in all competitions, about a win, five in the Premier League, three straight draws in the Premier League. So they really, really need a win. And yeah, I think it will come here. I think it'll be a tight game. But Everton's, uh, Arsenal, sorry, his home form's not been good this season. Uh, won six, drawn four, lost six. Um, Everton won two one early this season, and uh, yeah, as I say, I just think it will be. I think it'd be a tight game, but Everton's players back, Arsenal's missing some key players, so yeah, two one Everton here. Interesting shout. Yeah, I thought you'd go for a draw in this one. I have gone for a draw. I've gone for one all. That's what it seemed to just shout out to yeah, me immediately, as you say. Everton, Everton three draws in a row. Arsenal last time out. Yeah, really fortunate to get that draw against Fulham, and you know, devastating blow for Fulham that one in their survival bid in Arsenal. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a little bit of fortune about the goal. There was a question, might it be ruled out uh, for VAR? I think correctly it wasn't ruled out, but a little bit of fortune with the ball getting tipped into Enketia's path to put that away. So, yeah, pretty lucky to get that draw then. You know, on the day that Super League announcement got announced, it would have been, you know, fairly fitting if one of the so-called elite had lost at home to a relegation struggling team. But Arsenal did manage to avoid that fate, but still a, a home draw against Fulham. You know, isn't it's nothing to celebrate for Arsenal to to nick that in the uh, in the last minute and sort of be celebrating. It shows where they are. Twelve defeats this season in the Premier League is yeah, cool. is an awful tally for them. 
Um, as you say, they still will be wanting to push for potentially European football next season, Europa League at best, I think it is for them via their league position at least. Um, and then matches like this are important for that. But the Europa League is their priority. I think, it, again, I mean, Arteta's hands are tied, as you say, by a few injuries, but it'll be interesting to see the team selection other than that. Does he have maybe one eye on that Europa League semi-final against Villarreal um, coming up next week? So that that's probably his priority. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that. But yeah, couldn't really separate the two sides. It's interesting to, that you've gone for an Everton winner. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think it could be actually a, a pretty good shout. But personally, I've gone for a one-all draw in this one. Um, at 12.30 on Saturday, there's only eight games this week, by the way, of course, because the EFL Cup. Um, 12.30 on Saturday, first of three games on Saturday, is Liverpool versus Newcastle. Liverpool have the chance to move into the top four with a victory. Uh, the top four race amid all that turmoil um, in, over the last week took a lot of twists and turns with West Ham, uh, Chelsea dropping points, Tottenham winning. means now, now there's only two points separating fourth place Chelsea from seventh place Liverpool, which means Liverpool being the first of those teams in action could move into the top four with a victory over Newcastle. It's a game they usually enjoy, particularly at home, but Newcastle back-to-back -back wins huge, huge wins at a huge time of the season to do it as well. We said about the Burnley one being massive to then go and beat West Ham, not just to, to pick up the three points, but the manner in which it happened to go 2-0 up to then, you know, pull it back to two or West Ham and then for Newcastle to go and get the win. So it's great resilience, which you didn't necessarily think this Newcastle side had in abundance. Um, but suddenly, you know, those back-to-back -back wins just changed the landscape of the league completely for Newcastle. And it's eight points now, is it? To, yeah, eight points to the relegation zone now suddenly they're looking more or less safe. Eight points with six point, six games left. Fulham only got five games left to play. Um, so yeah. those two results are just enormous. One more win for Newcastle, and you think now suddenly they're safe. One more win for the last six games. You know, they'd fancy their chance of getting that. They've still got to play Sheffield United at home, for example. They'd fancy their chances. So those two results have been massive. Um, if anything, though, I think Liverpool might think that's actually a good thing for them, for Newcastle to have got those two wins in the bag. Liverpool will think maybe you know that they're not they're not going to be fighting for their lives quite anymore. Liverpool against Leeds last time out, one or draw, another frustrating game for Liverpool. I mean, Leeds in the second half was superb, well worthy of the point. Uh, but the, the the frustrating part is Liverpool probably could have wrapped the game up in the first half. They they had so many touches in the opposition box, were playing some really good football, created lots of good chances. Um, but again, it was just that final pass, the final, um, the shots, the, the finishing touch, which wouldn't go in for Liverpool. And that's been a problem ever since the turn of the year, ever since this dip in form really started happening for Liverpool. Um, that's something they've got to fix, obviously. Um, I was very surprised to see Mo Salah not start against Leeds. I think, um, you know, it was what, four, four five days, sorry, since the last game, six, six days, oh, sorry, five days until this game. Premier League's really only all Liverpool have got to play for this season. Um, I didn't see too much sense in resting your top scorer in a game which was going to be open, you know, the type of game you would thrive in as well. Scored a hat-trick in the reverse fixture. So um, that was a bit of a strange one, but you'd expect he'd come back into the side for this one, which should increase Liverpool's goal threat. And despite Liverpool's struggles in front of goal, this is a fixture they usually like. So I've gone for a relatively comfortable 3-1 Liverpool win in this one. <laughs> I thought he was going to go 3 0. I was going to say that's a bit generous, but I, I can see where you're coming from 3 1. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, the Leeds Liverpool game was dominated, wasn't it, by, by a talk of the Super League? It was right in, the, in what was happening. There was just not a lot of football talk, was there, during there was the t shirt stuff before the game. There was Klopp's interview, Mimmel's interview after. It was just dominated, wasn't it, by the 
by the Super League chat and the game itself, mm. as you say, I mean, Leeds are a good side, aren't they? They're, they are a really, really good side. So it's not an awful result to draw there, but it's not the best. And the fact that West Ham and Chelsea play each other um, this weekend is even bigger. If Liverpool, as you say, were to get a win here, it really would put them in a really good position um, moving forward. But coming up against the Newcastle side, I mean, got a lot of criticism, but you say they're safe now. And um, I mean, you're not, you haven't said they're safe, but they're a very good position. They'll be looking up the table, won't they? They're only three points off Palace in 13th, only six points behind Wolves. Um, if they was to push up to 13th or something, it would be a decent season, um, looking at where they were a few weeks ago, certainly. And the quality is a lot better. Obviously, he's having maximum back. Um, Wilson back is massive. Jolinton was on the score sheet last time out. And Jolinton all benefit from those players now pushing in because he was getting a lot of game time without a lot of sort of pressure from from Callum Wilson to ma- maximum. But Newcastle's 11. I mean, you look at the 11, certainly midfield and the attack, it, it shouldn't be really be down there when they're at full strength. It's a it's a, it's a good side. Um, yeah, Liverpool, as we say, they desperately need the win. And as you say, it is a fixture they have tended to enjoy. The pressure, as you mentioned, is off Newcastle a touch after two good wins. And I can just see Liverpool edging it. I'm expecting actually a tight one. I've only gone two one here. I think I think we both, you know, we both say Newcastle will score. I think they've got enough. Liverpool's defence is still question marks. Only won one of their last four Liverpool in all competitions. So there's still issues there. Obviously, still desperate to finish top four and very interesting to see whether they do that. But um, I expect them to move into the Champions League positions here. Yeah, with a two-one win. Yeah, I mean that Leeds game was bizarre to watch as a Liverpool fan, just yeah. sort of. There was just sort of an empty feeling. It almost like yeah, it, it didn't really matter what the result was because at that at that stage it looked like, and I thought the Super League was going to go ahead. So, you know, that was that game just sort of epitomised everything that would have been wrong with the Super League. Suddenly, a big game yeah. like that becomes pretty much irrelevant, even to a fan of Liverpool. Um, just Liverpool's luck this season that it turns out that it did actually matter, and Liverpool go and draw in that game. Um, but that's how it was. Uh, both going for Liverpool wins in that one. You mentioned the West Ham-Chelsea game there. Um, that is a huge game. Fifth place, West Ham host fourth place, Chelsea. Level on points in the table, only goal difference separating them. But obviously that all-important Champions League dotted line is also separating them in the table. West Ham, the great entertainers at the moment. Three all against Arsenal, followed by three, three two um, score lines in a row. They've won two of them. They lost the last one against Newcastle, as we just alluded to. Um Chelsea last weekend, before the Super League news broke out, got into the FA Cup final at Manchester City's expense. A great result for them. Um, And then pretty much as the Super League was collapsing, falling apart, just after they played Brighton in another big game, like Liverpool had a big game in their top four amidst all that Super League drama. Chelsea had it against Brighton. Um, That was in sharp contrast to the West Ham games recently. It was a pretty boring nil-nil draw. Um, so perhaps two contrasting styles certainly recently going uh, head-to-head in this game and a big game for the Champions League race. How do you see it going, Matt? Yeah, really big one, isn't it? Um, exactly the same, wasn't it, Chelsea Brighton, as you say, to the Liverpool game, an empty feeling around the game. Um, very strange. Obviously, a lot more was happening positively around that in terms of teams withdrawing mm. and the protests and things like that. But still a weird one, still a strange game. And I think Thomas Tuchel actually said, didn't he, that, that, that it, it was a problem, the, the players being thinking about the Super League, the managers. It wasn't him saying, oh, we're just concentrating on the football. It wasn't, was an issue. And as you say, Liverpool dropping points, Chelsea dropping points. This is a really, really big one, isn't it? It's a big game anyway, Chelsea-West Ham. But last season, you say West Ham like 3-2s. It was 3-2 last season at the London Stadium between mm. these two sides. The West Ham, a really good game. Remember, I think the Jan Malenko, then it popped up of a late winner after Willian had, uh, had got a couple and it was a, a really entertaining game. And I think West Ham, yeah, I think the Chelsea's injury situation is pretty good at the moment. Obviously, Kovacic, Thiago Silva... 
doubts, but I mean, West Ham will be without Dawson, won't they? Craig Dawson was sent off against Newcastle, the game we just mentioned. Um, can Creswell come back in? Creswell perhaps might be okay. Jesse Lingard had a bit of a, a bit of a knock. He might be okay. Obviously, Rice and Antonio are still out. So missing some big players, West Ham, but they'll fancy that they're. I mean, they've proved their credentials this season. Their home form's been really mm. good throughout the season. It's been you know what they've built their top four challenge on. And um, they're, they're, they're just in and around it. I know everyone's talking about West Ham falling away, but but they're not falling away. They're banging the race right at the moment. Only four points off Leicester as well. I know Leicester won on, th- on Thursday, but teams will still be trying to claw those top, those third and fourth teams rather than you, the top two are clear at the moment. But they're, the other two positions, they just want to stay in touch, you know, sneak third, sneak fourth. If West Ham finish fifth, listen, it will still be an unbelievable season for, for them and European football next season. Sixth as well, obviously seventh possibly as well. So big, 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 big game this one. But, I just sat on the fence a touch here, to be honest, and gone 1-1. I think, you know, Chelsea, as we know, the FA Cup, I thought they were really, really good against Man City, to be fair. Man City weren't great, but Chelsea defended ever so well and uh, and they are difficult to break down. And they've had some strange ones, obviously, the, the, the mauling against West Brom, they've conceded a lot of goals, but generally have been pretty good defensively since Thomas Tuchel came to the club. And West Ham deserve a lot of respect, though. And I can understand if you've gone on a way win here, I think you might go draw as well. But um, yeah, I think a tie game but 1-1 I have gone an away win I've gone Chelsea just to edge this one this was a very difficult one to call yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah I've, I've just gone for 2-1 to Chelsea I, I, I did go back and forth it, I think we'll learn a lot about West Ham from this game um, they've picked up some great results in the home form you know can't be sniffed at it's a really good home form this season um, their last home defeat was that one against Liverpool they've beaten Tottenham at home since then they've beaten Leicester at home since then um, should have beaten Arsenal at home since then as well but ended up drawing that game so picked up some really good results at home this season and I wouldn't put it past them to get to do it again um, my fear for West Ham um, and you know like Jurgen Klopp I love the chance I love the fact that they've got now the chance to play in Champions League football um, and challenge for Champions League football next season and I'd as long as it's not at Liverpool's expense, I'd, I'd love to see West Ham make the top four this season. I think they deserve it. You, you say fifth will be a great season. It definitely will be, but there'll be an element of disappointment because they've challenged for so long um, and, and are so close at this stage of the season. Um, I think, um, yeah, my fear for them is just that the Newcastle game might knock a bit of wind out of their sails, knock a bit of steam out of them because no one really saw that coming. Newcastle obviously came into it off the back of a win themselves, but most people had West Ham down to win that game, considering the form West Ham were in. Um, and we've said many times on this podcast yeah. that it, it's all about the next game after that, whether it's you know a defeat, can they bounce back from that defeat um, and make sure that doesn't turn into a bad run of form, uh, get straight back to winning ways. And that's the big challenge for West Ham. Unfortunately for them, it comes in a really difficult game against Chelsea. As you say, defensively, they've been really good. So West Ham's hopes of scoring three goals again look relatively slim. Um, but again, you can't put it past West Ham. So it's one of those games I wouldn't really be surprised to see West Ham win. I wouldn't be surprised to see a draw. I've just gone for a Chelsea victory. I think under Thomas Tuchel, they've they've got more of a knack of of seeing out these sorts of games. The game management is a lot better. They can sneak um, wins by one goal, um, which they seem to be doing quite a lot under Thomas Tuchel, really. Um, and they've got the players, obviously, to do that with defensively and going forward. Um so yeah, I've just gone for Chelsea to win this, to sneak this one 2-1. Obviously, they've got uh, Real Madrid to look forward to uh, next week in the Champions League semi-finals. Another huge, huge match. Um, but yeah, but again, this is a huge match for their chance of getting in the Champions League next season. So they can't really afford to take their eye off the ball in this one. And I've just gone for Chelsea 2-1 in that one. Uh, but certainly a very interesting one. Sheffield United 
um, are in action at 8 p.m. on Saturday. We mentioned in the intro to this podcast that they were relegated with that 1-0 defeat against Wolves last time out. It was a long time coming. Uh, it seems like a long time ago now before that Super League drama um, kicked off, but they are now officially down and will be playing um, championship football next season. It's six defeats in a row across all competitions now, five defeats in a row in the Premier League. Um, they host a Brighton side coming into this one off the back of goalless draws against Everton and Chelsea, respectively. They're on 34 points from their 32 games. They're seven points clear of danger. Um, so not quite entirely out yet, but still that good cushion and sort of similar to Newcastle. You'd think one win, maybe one win a draw from their remaining fixtures uh, would be enough to see them save. Obviously, this is a, a good looking fixture for them to get it. Sheffield United, it'd be interesting to see how they finish the season. You know, that you know, the shackles are off now. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. They can start planning for next season. Um, are they going to, you know, let loose? And sometimes we can see relegated teams um, just to improve after their relegation because that pressure's off. Not really sure whether Sheffield United are going to be that sort of team. I don't feel like they're the team that's been press- playing with huge pressure on their shoulders or even, you know, not giving their all um, and suddenly might do with that without the pressure on their shoulders. They're not that sort of team. I just, you know, I think they're unfortunately just, just a team that's not good enough, particularly with all the injuries they've had um, this season, which have played a huge role, of course. Last week, I regretted not going for 1-0 to Sheffield United. I purposefully didn't because I seem to always go for 1-0 Sheffield United, um, either for or against, and they went and lost 1-0 when I predicted 2-0, when you predicted 1-0. I'm not going to make the same mistake this week. I've gone for Brighton to win this one 1-0. 1-0, yeah. I've, I've gone different to you. Um, slightly, yeah. I mean, Sheffield United, it's just been a disastrous season. Isn't it? it wasn't that long ago that they were. I mean, when, you, when we played last season, they were just so difficult. Such a hard game, wasn't it? Sheffield United last season, um, especially before, obviously, all the lockdown things. First half of, of last season was so good. Such a strong side and very dangerous, capable of beating anyone. But yeah, it's just completely fallen apart, isn't it? As you say, the injuries haven't helped them. I mean, they took the team they put out against Wolves last time out. It was just a lot different to the one that I mean a lot there's still a lot of the similar players but but I just think going forward you know Osborne played forward Brewster's just not happened at all has it for, for Brewster since yeah, he's obviously a talented player but just can't get going it'd be very interesting to see what happens with him but yeah Brighton I mean they've I mean in the table as you say they're not at this stage completely safe but I'd be astounded if Brighton got pulled into any sort of danger that would rely on Fulham to Win. I mean, Fulham don't play this weekend, do they? Obviously, they're on 33 games, so they've they're just struggling so bad at the moment. Fulham that I'm struggling to see Brighton getting pulled into it, especially their form recently. I think it's one defeat from the last five, and that was at Old Trafford. Were really good in that game, particularly in the first half. Um, good against Newcastle, obviously held Everton and Chelsea two very good results, considering where you know the teams are in the table. And yeah, I just think Brighton will have have too much here. I think it's a good setup, you know, good manager, good set of players, and. I expect them to push on again next season. Um, obviously, they'll be without Ben White in this game. He was he was sent off last time out, so so he'll be suspended. So you fancy um, there'll be a change at the back. Still, be probably be a back three. Um, it seems to like that. Maybe Veltman going back there from a wing back and and Moda coming into a, a wing back position. You know, it seems to be the formation that he does like. So no real surprises there. Sheffield United, you know, be pretty similar. The injury situation is pretty similar at the moment. So yeah, expect a, a tight game. You've gone one 0 I've just gone two 0 Brighton here. Yeah, both back in Brighton to win. They were good against Chelsea. Probably should have won that yeah, one. They had the best chances. Well back hit in the post, of course. Uh, but both going Brighton to win that one. 
On Sunday at 12pm, we've got Wolves versus Burnley. Um, Wolves were the team that beat Sheffield United and relegated them last time out with that 1-0 win. Made it back-to-back 1-0 wins against Fulham and Sheffield United. That's lifted them up to 12th place. Um, if they can finish the season strongly, they could salvage a, a, a decent season, really, after you know a season which has, on the whole, been a bit underachieving. Burnley, on the other hand, are now the team closest to the relegation zone. Still a six-point cushion, as, as you say, Fulham not in action this weekend, so they could extend that, um, that gap to a pretty comfortable level, but three consecutive defeats. Um, think about Burnley, one, only one win in nine, but I think their last six games, both teams have scored in, which you don't really associate with Burnley. You, you, you usually associate them with slightly gritty 1-0 defeats, similar maybe to Sheffield United, 1-0 defeats or 1-0 wins. Um, and judging by Wolves' last two games, both with being 1-0, I naturally went towards a 1-0 win in this one. But I have just gone for one all. I think Burnley, um, as I say, they're, they're finding the back of the net with regularity at the moment. They were decent against Manchester United until those two United late goals. Um, so, yeah, I've just gone for one all in this one. Oh yeah, I've actually gone. I've gone nil nil. Where we've gone against what you've said, I think Burnley's last nil nil was um, February against West Brom. Not since then they haven't drawn nil nil. So it's a result that sticks in one nil uh, nil. That when I think about Burnley, as we say, but as you say, the goals have been flying in at both ends of the field in their games recently. Wolves talk of the manager's futures again cropping up, isn't it? Nuno potentially might walk away at the end of the season. You know, reports are saying you know perhaps. Perhaps to Spain, but a lot of interest from the Liga, it seems like that is the case, but they're looking for potential replacements. But as you say, one of their last two Wolves, I mean, what, they're 12th in the table now. Can they push into the top half? I'm not sure they can catch Leeds, you know, maybe Villa. Uh, Villa got game in hand. So I think Wolves will finish around where they are, uh, 12th, 13th. And it's not a disastrous season. You have to remember where Wolves came from, you know, in the, in the second tier, then, then came up and finished 7th twice, which was so impressive. But... I just think similar situation to Sheffield United have had injuries this season to key players. It's still a very good team. You look at their one to eleven, especially when they're at full strength. It is a very uh, solid side that's capable of pushing next season if they make the right investments into the top half. But Burnley, the United game was strange last time out for Burnley. I think Chris Wood scored, didn't he? Very early on, it was disallowed, but really caused United problems. Tarkowski obviously equalising, then United got the got the Greenwood deflection and then Cavani late on. So 3-1 slightly flattered the home side and Burnley were good in that game. But yeah, I just think Burnley are still, I mean, I, unfortunately I've probably come to accept that I think Fulham might, might probably will go down. I think Burnley will be okay because of the gap. But, you know, if they lose here, I think Burnley play Fulham, don't they? Yeah, Burnley play Fulham in a um, start of May, 10th, 10th of May. So if Fulham can just claw them back, if Burnley can, you know, lose their next two and, and Fulham beat them, you never know. But but it's a tough one. I think, yeah, I think we'll get a point here, nil-nil. Nil nil for Matt. Both over jaws in that one. Uh, there's a big game at 2 pm on Sunday, old rivalry between Leeds yeah. and Manchester United. Uh, both teams coming into it in pretty good form, actually. Manchester United have won their last five games in all competitions and last five in the Premier League, which I think I'm right in saying is their best run of form uh, since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's first six uh, in charge of the club when they won all six of them. Um, only one defeat in the last 20 across all competitions for Manchester United. Really good run of form they're on. Um, and Leeds have finally started to show a bit of consistency. They're unbeaten in the last five games. They've won three of them, um, including obviously a magnificent victory at Manchester City. Then that draw against Liverpool which could have been a victory for them as well. Um, obviously, another huge, huge game. You struggled to find three more difficult games in a row um, than Man City, Liverpool and then Manchester United. But they've got four points out of the first three, uh, first two of them. They'll fancy their chances again of raising their game against 
probably their biggest rivals um, for, to, to get another, at least a point out of this game. They'll really fancy their chance. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, so it's a really big one, isn't it? Really interesting. And not perhaps the biggest in terms of what's at stake for both clubs. It's not like, you know, United are going for the title, Leeds are, Leeds are you know, pushing top four or something like that. But always big games, these ones. And they're, uh, earlier this season, it was, it was a cracker, wasn't it? 6-2 to Old Trafford. Um, Bielsa got a lot of criticism, didn't he, for his style in that game. But I think Leeds, you know, he's proved himself over the course of the season. Um, I think it's the first fixture this will be at, at, at Ellen Road since in the Premier League since 2003. So I think Roy King got the winner for United on that day. So it will be, I, I, that was 1-0. I expect goals in this one. I think very interesting to see what Solskjaer does team selection wise, because obviously the, the second leg against Roma, the first leg against Roma, sorry, I should say is is next week. But United have had a week off, you know, it hasn't happened often uh, in recent weeks, certainly not in 2020. One, they've had a week off since the Burnley game. Um, obviously, you say a week off, but the talk, obviously, one of the founding clubs of the Super League is before quickly pulling out. Obviously, the Ed Woodward stuff has gone. There's mm -hmm. talk of, you know, the new director of football perhaps might, you know, might go with Woodward. Um, there's a lot of talk behind the scenes, but United have to, and you say they have to concentrate. The players always have to concentrate what's happening on the field, but I think now they can. Now it looks like, obviously, thankfully, the Super League, you know, not according to, you know, Florentino Perez, he's still trying to push for it, but looks like it. I mean, it's not, not going to happen, is it? It's certainly not in this current format. So United can just get on with playing. And they, as I said earlier, they are relatively safe, aren't they, now in the top four? Really good form. I think 11 points above West Ham. The title, I think City's win, Man City's win over Villa. I think if they hadn't won that Man City, United would just have a little bit of an eye on, on City because obviously City have played a game more. But I think United is all about just, just keeping ticking over, keeping that winning feeling and hopefully obviously beat Roma and then they play Liverpool, don't they? Roma's second leg and it could be really, if they finish second to win the Europa League, you know, what an excellent season that would be, you know, and hopefully push on next season. But Leeds as well. Leeds' season's been fantastic. Tenth, you know, level on points of um, Arsenal, not far away from Everton. So if they go and draw this game, Leeds can pull it, pull into the top 10, um, top, top, sort of staying around eighth and ninth. And if Leeds were to finish, you know, eighth or ninth this season, you know what a season that would be attractive club good manager they'll obviously invest again this summer got some really good players and we're really good against Liverpool so yeah it's an excellent game one I'm looking forward to um, two sides in good form and uh, I expect it to be open I've gone 2-2 here I just think United I can't really back them to go and win Lead, these are a really good side and as I say United will have one eye on that Europa League game so yeah entertaining 2-2 well, for Matt, yeah, it's a huge couple of weeks or so for United, isn't it? Leeds yeah, and then yeah. Liverpool, both legs against Roma, massive for them. Obviously, in terms of uh, the actual value of the result, you'd probably say the Roma games are more important because they're knockout. Um, and it looks like they've got certainly Champions League football and probably second place wrapped up in the Premier League. So it's not the end of the world if they go and lose these games against Leeds and Liverpool. But obviously, you know, two of their biggest rivals, they don't want to do that. Um, it will be interesting. I mean, you mentioned focusing on on the field matters for Manchester United, but obviously, you know, their training ground got stormed by fans yes. um, yesterday. So it'd be interesting to see if that does have any effect. There's still a lot of ill feeling um, and anger amongst the supporters of Manchester United, as there is every English club, certainly, that was involved in the Super League. And, and rightly so towards the owners um, for trying to take, you know, the essence of, and the fabric of the game and the football pyramid away from the fans. Um so it, it will be interesting to see if any of that spills out onto the field. Obviously, all that news started sort of to break during or just before yeah. the Manchester United win over Burnley. So 
they the, the players wouldn't have really known anything about it then. Um, this will be the first game since it broke that they would have been in action. So as I say, yeah, will be interesting to see that have any if if that has any effect. We've seen other managers admit that it has, but that was at an earlier development stage of the Super League. Now it does look to be dead and buried. Um, thank God. So it will be interesting to see. But obviously, as I mentioned, the fans still in the training ground will probably have some sort of impact, whether it has enough of an impact to to affect the outcome of this game. Um, we can only wait and see. But yeah, as you say, Leeds are going to give them enough problems even without all that. They're a, a really good team, as you mentioned. Go toe-to-toe with these big teams. Yeah. Didn't work out for them in the reverse fixture. Um, I, I just feel we've probably seen what this game is going to be a, a number of times before. Leeds are probably going to go ahead and then Manchester United are going to come back and win away from home. Um, and Bruno Fernandes will probably score a penalty. Um, so yeah, I've, I've gone for a two-one Manchester United yeah. winning this one. But it, it's another one of those which could be anything. I mean, look at Leeds' symmetry in the table; just tells you all you need to know about them. Just tenth place, fourteen wins, fourteen defeats, fifty goals for, fifty goals against. You know that that sums them up better than any words can probably Leeds this season. Um, so you don't really know what to expect from them. They could go and win this one. They could go and get hit for six again, and they could be an entertaining George or predicting. But yeah, I'm just I'm just back in Manchester United to win this one two one. I think they're in great form at the moment. Um, seem to be winning games even when not at the best. I think I'd class that Burnley game um, in that getting yeah. the getting the job done, even though they won by two goals, they weren't at their best. And that three one scoreline, as you say, flattered them a little bit. But yeah, I can see them getting another win under their belts here. Um, and making another step towards Champions League football next season mathematically. Uh, I've gone for 2-1 in that one. Matt's gone for a 2 all draw. Rounding off the action on Sunday at 7pm is the West Midlands derby between Aston Villa and West Bromwich Albion. Villa only one win in the last seven games, um, beaten by Manchester City last time out, despite taking a very early lead in that one. West Brom saw their mini-revival after back-to-back wins against Chelsea and Southampton end against Leicester on Thursday night. 3-0 defeat, disappointing and probably the final nail in the coffin, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was. I think before that, as you say, back to back the wins, they've given themselves a, a chance. But yeah, he just felt like it was always going to be a tough game against Leicester. Leicester desperate to obviously clinging on to, well, not clinging on, maybe it's a bit harsh, but just trying to stay in the top four, you know, with a lot of pressure coming from the teams behind them. And Leicester were always going to be fired up for that one. And just a game too far for West Brom in the end, I think. Obviously, where they are in the table now, the, the gap is, uh, I mean, nine points now, isn't it? So it's. It's not going to happen, is it? I don't think they've shown they've shown a lot, but it's just as we say, it's the, the, the typical thing far far too late. And I do think those three now will go down. Obviously, Sheffield United are down, West Brom, Fulham. You know, it's just I think they'll go down. It's, it's Burnley. It obviously depends on Burnley. I think Brighton will be fine, but yeah. But I mean, West Brom. I think there's a lot of positives they can take from the last few weeks. You know, moving on to next season, they've obviously got a good set of players there. It'd be interesting to see whether they can keep a few perhaps add a few because there will be an attractive club, won't they, in the championship? There's no doubt about that. They'll be, they'll fancy there'll be a Norwich. Obviously, Norwich this season in the championship have been so good and you fancy you put West Brom, I don't expect West Brom to go down and then spend, you know, four or five years in the championship. I think they'll make a good push, you know, at least for the playoffs next season because they'll have a good squad. But Villa... Yeah, the City game, I mean, Liverpool been, sorry, Villa have been so close the last couple of games, haven't they? They were really good against Liverpool for long spells, just lost, just got beaten by City after taking the lead early on. And, you know, no Matty Cash for this game. He was sent off, wasn't he, against Man City? A really opening and entertaining game, to be fair. A lot of mistakes and, and things happening at either end. But, yeah, obviously Grealish being injured. It's still, I mean, Villa, I think they won 3-0, 3-0 earlier this season in the reverse game, but that was during a stage where Villa were, you know, really pushing you fancy they might be a Europa League 
challenging side. Now they're 11th, which is where you would probably would have expected them to be. It's still a good season. They've got game in hand, um, game in hand over Everton, um, Everton and Arsenal and Leeds. Sorry, not Everton. They've got a game in hand over Arsenal and Leeds just above them. So to win this game, put themselves in a good position and could still finish top 10 um, or top 12 would be good as well. So, yeah, it's a nice game, I think, for Villa, especially obviously a, a game to two teams that don't like each other very much, to say the least. So a tight game. But yeah, Villa 2-1 here. Yeah, I've gone Villa as well. I've gone 2-0 in this one. I think yeah. if, it, if if West Brom had maybe even nicked a draw against Leicester or only narrowly lost to them, I'd, I'd maybe back a different result. Um, and West Brom maybe would just have that little glimmer of hope still. But I think, yeah, nine points to safety, six games left. Um, it is, it's looking really unlikely that they're going to get out of it. Such such hard um, to, to overcome that gap, especially when you've got the likes of Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham to come later in the season, end the season, um, away to Leeds. You know, they've got to win this game and then against Wolves, really, to stand any chance at all. But as I say, I think that that 3-0 defeat and the manner of it against Leicester just sort of extinguishes their hope at all. Um, the, obviously, the manner of their wins before that 5-2 away to Chelsea, 3-0 at home to Southampton, suddenly started making people think, could it possibly could it possibly happen? Because they've, they've got the players to score those goals. They were in good form. Um, but yeah, as I say, I just think that that defeat and the manner of it to Leicester has just taken the wind out of their sails. Um at the worst possible time and they'd got themselves to a stage where pretty much every game was must win if they were to survive so to go and lose to Leicester yeah. 3-0 I think yeah as I said is the final nail in the coffin Aston Villa obviously have been very inconsistent and that's why I think if West Brom had got anything out of that Leicester game even a draw um, they would have fancied their chance of taking the game to Aston Villa uh, capitalising on that uh, inconsistency it recently um, but Villa have had some tough fixtures recently as well. You got you got to factor that into their inconsistency. So yeah, I'm back in Aston Villa to get the victory here. As you are, I've gone for two 0 Matt's gone for two one in that one. Um, on Monday night, rounding off the game week is Leicester versus Crystal Palace. Leicester, as we just mentioned, there were the team to beat West Brom three uh, nil. Got back to winning ways after back to back Premier League defeats. They had beaten Southampton in the FA Cup to advance the FA Cup final. Huge occasion that will be for the club and a really good chance. <laughs> to get a rare piece of silverware for Leicester. Um, but it, as the 3 win over West Brom was almost as valuable in the Premier League to, to open that gap, particularly with the teams behind them um, in the top four race, Chelsea, West Ham and Liverpool, all dropping points over the weekend. To go and pick that win uh, opens the gap to four points between them and fifth place, West Ham. Huge result for them. I mentioned it last week as well, considering what happened last season after lockdown, throwing that top four spot away uh, to have picked up that win. Big result for them, especially going into games against Crystal Palace and Southampton and Newcastle, all of which they'll really fancy their chance of winning. If they can win those three games, they'll go a long, long way towards securing uh, their top four spot, which, you know, we shouldn't overlook it just because, you know, they've been there most of the season. It's a remarkable achievement, a fantastic uh, season it would have been for Leicester if they, if they can clinch that top four spot. Even if they can't, we, we mentioned it with West Ham, it'd still be a good season. But yeah, they'd be they'll be desperate to get over the line this time around. Um, and the Ben Crystal Palace side haven't been in action now for 16 days. Their last um, mm. result was the 4-1 home defeat against Chelsea. Um, mentioned them a few times. 13th in the table, not going to get dragged into the relegation battle. Probably too far away even now to be pushing for a top uh, 10 spot. Uh, managers' futures under scrutiny. A lot of players under scrutiny. So yeah, um, a lot for them to decide in the final weeks of the season. For me, this is a pretty kind fixture for Leicester. Um, I've gone for a 2-0 Leicester win in this one. I can 
just see them getting the getting the victory they need. And as I say, I think that win over Westbourne was so important for them. Um, after shaky back-to-back defeats against Man City and West Ham, no shame in either defeat. Both of those teams have been really good this season. But the importance of not dropping points at home to West Brom in a game you'd expect to win, huge for them. And I think this this game falls under that category as well. And I'd, I'd expect Leicester to pick up a win. So I've gone for 2-0 on this one. Yeah, I've got, I've gone two 0 as well. I think it's the first one we've gone the same. Is it this week? We have been yeah. different. Yeah, so yeah, two 0 for the same reasons. Leicester, I think Palace. I mean, Palace last time out against Chelsea. I, I think Chelsea were good on the day, but I just thought Palace was so poor in that game. They, you know, conceded goal every time Chelsea attacked. They pretty much like they were going to score. I think Eberich is he's been a really good player for for Palace this season. He's been a real positive of of their season. But as you say, a lot of or there'll be a lot of changes, players out of contract, as you mentioned, that we seem to talk about a lot. Be, that was very interesting to see what happens with Palace next season. I think the team that starts the first game of next season will be completely different, you know, potentially a new manager as well. Obviously, want to take the club in a, perhaps a new direction because, I mean, what are Palace really doing at the moment? I know, obviously, staying in the league is very good, but they're, they're not good enough, are they, to potentially push? You know, look at teams like Leeds, you know, who have shown that they could potentially be good enough with the right signings to push for top seven, you know, Villa have had a little bit of a go this season. West Ham, you know, Palace, what are they really going to do in terms of, you know, moving forward? And that's obviously something that the the supporters want to see progress. But but Leicester, I think, especially after the back-to-back defeats to City and West Ham, especially the West Ham one, it was a little, I was worried. I think there was concern that they would might get pulled out. But to go and beat Southampton, FA Cup final, and then go and beat West Brom, I mean, what a season that would be if Leicester could win the FA Cup and finish top four, even if they could to see what one they'd prefer. Um, I, I think they'd probably prefer to finish top four, even though it's the FA Cup is a trophy. It's such a. Um, I mean, what would you think they'd prefer? It's got, they've got top four over FA Cup, would they? I'd, I'd say FA Cup all day long for a club like Leicester. Do you, don't you don't really get many yeah, silverware. You know, FA Cup final at Wembley is something you're going to tell your grandkids about. You're not going to tell that if you get the top four. I think I think they'll go. Barney, FA you know, Cup. you know about this the um, owners and the money and uh, you know I, I see what you're saying. I think it's the rom- romance of it, but I'm not sure. It's, it's certainly an interesting talking point. Mm. Obviously, they want both. They could they could win both. They could beat Chelsea yeah. one off game. You know, no problem at all. But. Yeah, Vardy ending his goal drought in the against West Brom. Obviously, his form has been called into a little bit of question. You know, Ian Atcho has become the main man, hasn't he, going mm-hmm. forward? You know, he's a, what a great second half of the season he's had. And yeah, it's just very interesting. I think obviously the pressure for some of the teams behind the Leicester, I mean, not good enough to be picked by, you know, the Super League elite, but they're having much better seasons than Tottenham, Liverpool, um, Arsenal, t- teams that were, you know, good enough to be in that, you know, so-called breakaway. But really good season for Leicester. Um, good character to go and beat West Brom because West Brom would have been really good confidence. And, you know, obviously they've had off-the-field problems, Leicester, you know, Madison, um, the issues are, I think, Chowdhury as well, wasn't it? And Perez that had a bit of a, mm-hmm. a perhaps a, a breach in there, but but he, Madison was back and he's obviously a big player for them going forward. And yeah, really big game, as we say, a nice game for uh, for, for Leicester. I think it's a nice game against Southampton as well and, and Newcastle, as you say, before they play United and Chelsea in back to back games. Um, and then they fake up final and then at home to Tottenham. So it really exciting into the season for Leicester. Um, and yeah, I think this is a nice game for them. I don't think there'll be any shocks. 2 uh, 0, same as you. Yep, so both going for 2-0 in that final match of the game week. Thank you, Matt. Uh, We'll be back next week for our next round of predictions. Let's hope for a slightly quieter week in football in the meantime. 
Um, you can find all these uh, previews and many more over on sportsmar.co.uk. Uh, we've got previews for all the big European games in, in, in there. We've got the Championship um, and Copa Libertadores around, around the world as well. So plenty of previews you, you can check out over on sportsmar.co.uk. Um, as I say, Matt and I will be back next week for our next round of predictions. You can subscribe on all the usual podcast channels to make sure you don't miss an episode. And you can also subscribe on YouTube to make sure you don't miss an episode. So we look forward to seeing you next week.